Hello and welcome back to episode three of Fog Dog and Bastion. Uh, sorry again for the delay uh, since the last episode. We've had a pretty hectic couple of weeks. Uh, very, very exciting episode today. We have our first guest on the show. We both know him pretty well, Jack Anstey, out of Australia and more recently, Illinois State University. Uh, how are you feeling for the podcast, Bastion? Looking forward to it? I'm feeling good. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff to catch up on about us as individuals since the last video and it'll be really nice to hear a new perspective jack anesty recently signed pro which will be awesome yeah just signed a professional contract for under armor uh he's running with dark sky distance down in flagstaff arizona uh he's run 339 for 1500 358 for the mile and more recently well back in probably february march uh, during the indoor season, 7.55 for the 3K. So very accomplished runner. He's now turned professional with Under Armour. Uh, so can't wait to have a chat to him. Uh, before we get to that, Baston, big day tomorrow. Season opener at Iowa State in the mile for you. Uh, you're currently a 4.12 miler. You're a 3.39, runner though. Uh, how are you feeling? What's the goal? Well, I think those times are pretty equivalent, honestly. <laughs> yeah. If you just add 55 seconds, it makes perfect sense. No. <laughs> um, so going in as a 412 miler, I think it's guaranteed that I'm going to PB, at least if I don't, something drastic happened. But yeah. <laughs> um, really, we're kind of going into this one with a lot of things going through your head as usual since it's the first meet. Um, it's a rust buster in that haven't raced since cross and haven't had a track race since outdoor nationals. So yeah, it's a rust buster in a way, but then it's also just like indoor is such a rough time. Cause you're really like only 16 guys make nationals. So every time you get on the track, you're thinking, all right, this is one chance where I have to get a qualifying time. Yeah. And it so really is. I've never broken four in the mile before, but a goal heading in is to do that. Cause that would be awesome. But then really just get a top 16 time, which in a year where everyone is so freaking fast, <laughs> I'm probably going to have to run what 57 high. Yeah. Low. I, I would say probably crazy. it wouldn't surprise me if it took 357 high this year, it would not surprise me, which is absolutely mad for 16 guys in the country to be running 357 high. But who knows? It could end up being 358 mid. Uh, last year I got lucky and ran 359 03. And it got me into nationals, obviously, then ran a little bit quicker. Um, but a pretty uh, kind of sentimental thing potentially tomorrow uh, as the guest we're having on, Jack Anstey, his first sub four minute mile came in 2019 at Iowa State University at, I believe, the Iowa State Classic in February 2019. Me, uh, my first sub four mile around 359.03 in February of 2021. At the Iowa State Classic, uh, same track as Jack and Baston. We're heading to Iowa State University tomorrow. So can we go three for three? This is one of my chances. Yeah. I'm really <laughs> yeah. excited. Also, um, Foggy will be pacing me. Um, and we have two guys from Under Armour who are coming and race racing. One of them is Casey Comer, who I have raced one time before. I got his number at Outdoor Nationals. Nice. I'm sure. He sees my name there and is looking for revenge. It, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. Casey's a guy who's broken 358 himself. And he's a guy that really, when he's racing his best, is really, really challenging to beat. Yeah. So um going to have it all cut out for me out there. But yeah. I'm hoping that I can get it done. We'll see. I think it it should work out pretty nicely because, uh, as you mentioned, Casey Coma from Under Armour is running. I was actually speaking to him just yesterday, um, and he was saying that his teammate, Willie Fink, uh, another Under Armour pro, is planning on pacing. I'm planning on pacing as well. So I think hopefully the way it'll work out is Willie Fink, he'll take it out. He'll be at the front, uh, hopefully running you know, pretty, pretty quick, uh, especially given the kind of training I've been doing recently. Uh, I'll tuck in behind him. I'll go as far as I can. Um, if that means 800, it means 800. If it means a mile, I run the full thing. Um, but it should work out pretty nicely. And I think it's a great chance for, um, yourself to try and dip under that four minute barrier. We should probably catch people up on what's been going on since cross country nationals yep. in which we, we both discovered that we have an excuse as to why we sucked. <laughs> um, yep. so we do. 
fog. Tell yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been a grim couple of weeks. It's been a very, very grim couple of weeks. Um, for anyone who saw my video on the Fog Dog exclusive, I believe it came out Sunday a week ago, probably December the 5th. Uh, yeah, I think December the 5th it came out. I did six by a K and that was my first workout back. In that video, I explained that I've been pretty ill recently. Uh, so has Bastin. Um, I got knocked around pretty badly. The doctors think I had pneumonia. I also got an ear infection, not ideal. Uh, I was on antibiotics for five days and I'm back working out now. Obviously I'm pacing tomorrow, but I missed quite a few days there. I had a full week off and some more. Um, and I'm still, I'm, I'm pretty good now, but I'm still feeling pretty kind of tired, I would say. So tomorrow will be a real test. What about you? Kind of, you had a pretty similar kind of story. Are you a bit ill at nationals and after? Yeah, I think mine, I think my illness was, everything was a week ahead of you. I was sick the week before nationals. And so like when I, when I raced at nationals, I was like, starting to turn the corner on it. Yeah. And so when I came back, my training had been really bad prior to nationals. I was dropping out of the easiest workouts. In the world. <laughs> um, when I got back from nationals kind of had a couple of days, like just off and then yeah. I could kind of just come back and train normally. And that's kind of when fog experienced the worst of the worst of his illness. It and was pretty nasty, man. You get an ear infection like every other week. <laughs> so I've had two in 2021. That's, that's harsh. <laughs> uh, but I've never really had them before. And then two in 2021, uh, yeah, not ideal, but you Did know, you have any before that too? I don't know. I, not that I can remember. I think maybe when I was really young, I had something to do with my ears, not going perfectly well, but, um, we're, we're on the mend. So looking forward to tomorrow. He's Hopefully. healthy now. Just yeah. In time. And, uh, tomorrow obviously is season opener for Baston. Um, I'm going to be pacing probably not finishing um, and hopefully doing a little bit of a workout. And then we have quite a few weeks before we uh, race again. So I'm actually flying back to England on Tuesday. It's Friday right now. So obviously the race is then tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, I fly back on Tuesday. We got some final exams next week and then you're heading home for Christmas break. Yeah. Now it's kind of the time where we chill for a little bit. Yeah. Get to spend some family time. I mean, we're obviously still running quite a bit, but yeah, we're after this re after this race, I'm kind of peaking for this foggy's just being the great friend he is and pacing this one <laughs> last time. And then we're both kind of just going to reenter the base phase for a little bit. We'll still be working out, but it's not quite as hard. Just kind of like tuning up the legs and yeah. getting ready to peak again in a couple months from now. So yeah, perfect. Um, so we come back in January and then we'll be on to the proper indoor season. Uh, and I think Honestly, that pretty much wraps up what we're going to talk about before we get into our chat with Jack. Yeah. Um, can't wait to talk to him. Obviously, he's from down under in Australia where I grew up. Um, really looking forward to hearing a bit about kind of his collegiate story. And now he's turned pro. I think uh, all of the viewers and listeners out there will kind of learn a few things about the transition from college life or even pre-college life growing up in Australia college life and then the transition to running professionally yeah so stay tuned to hear from our friend and old rival jack anstey and now special first guest of the fog dog and bass in this fog dog and bass podcast we're going to cut in jack anstey who's an all-american seventh place in the 2019 1500 he's ran 339 in the 1500 358 in the mile and 755 in the 3k just signed as an under armor pro welcome jack all right, thanks for having me, lads. I appreciate you having me on. So to get us rolling here, um, do you want to kind of straight away take us through a bit of kind of what's been going on in your life recently? Obviously, uh, you've signed a professional contract for Under Armour. You graduated from Illinois State University uh, a few months ago now. Uh, kind of what's been going on in your life from graduation up to this point of becoming a professional runner? Um, yeah, no, it's been a wild, I guess, six months, I guess, um, since finishing up in college, I think, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to tell, but, uh, no, I'm super stoked with my situation right now. Um, just moved to Flagstaff, um, been here about four weeks going on five weeks now. Um, so I'm starting to get used to the elevation and stuff. That was definitely an adjustment, but, um, 
yeah, no, I'm super grateful to be in the position I'm in. Um, just signed with Under Armour, working with Dark Sky Distance up here in Flagstaff. Um, and yeah, it's just a really good situation. Um, but I mean, in terms of, um, I guess, the transition from um, college to the professional life, um, it was definitely a rocky road and I'm pretty lucky to be in the spot I'm in right now. Um, Cause it certainly didn't look like it was on the cards for a little bit, but um, yeah. So essentially um, funnily enough, you guys were in my last uh, collegiate race ever. That's, yeah. that's ironic, but uh, yeah, I think. So looking at like the 2021 season as a whole, I think um, there's a few different perspectives I have. I think overall, I mean, it was a good year um, in terms of like I ran uh, PBs in just about every event except the 800, I think. So I think um, ran like 339, 358 um, a few times and then um, I think was just competing at a good level and then um, such is uh, championship racing. I just couldn't get it done at regionals and um, I thought that uh, my prospects of running professionally were um, slim and then – yeah, I guess like after um, NCAAs, it kind of, it's a funny thing. I mean, I think, um, I guess this is an extreme example, but I kind of, I feel like it's similar to like an Olympic cycle where you're in college for like four or five years yeah, um, and you're kind of just going through the motions, like you're in your routines and stuff. And then all of a sudden, um, like you're out and you're on your own and you're kind of trying to work out like what's next and soul searching, whether you want to keep doing it and stuff. And, um, I guess through the months of like June, July, August, that was certainly, um, how a lot of my time was spent. And, um, I guess, uh, to tell you the short story of it, basically I had decided, um, that I was going to move back to Australia. Um, I don't know if you mentioned that I'm Australia I'm from near where Foggy's from um in Queensland um and so yeah I think I I I made the decision to go home I booked a ticket had a ticket booked um and I don't know if you know this I don't know if either of you guys know this I think uh, I do I think I do yeah so um yeah so basically I had a ticket booked I can't remember the exact day I think it was September 6th um or around about then um and I th- early on in September, like September 1st, September 2nd, I contracted COVID. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I got COVID. Um, luckily, it didn't knock me around too hard, but um, obviously couldn't travel. Um, and so I had to rebook my ticket back to Australia. The plan was still to go home at that point. Um, I just had to rebook it. And the way things were at Australia at that point, um, it was pretty difficult to get a hold of a ticket because of they had caps on travel coming into the country and I'm sure you've dealt with that stuff Adam um but uh so basically I booked another ticket but it was for seven weeks down the road so I had to stay in the U.S. for another seven weeks and um yeah so early on in that seven weeks it was just about like um I guess getting back to a decent standard of running after having COVID and being careful with that and just like in my mind, I was like, okay, just going to like, I'm going home. I'm going to just enjoy being in the U.S. for the next, you know, month or two and um, enjoy, you know, my friends having them around for a little longer. And then, you know, I'll go home and um, it'll be, it'll be all good. And then, uh, um, yeah, five, six weeks goes by and, um, yeah, I get a, I get a text message from my now agent and coach, Stephen Haas, and he said like, hey we're interested and like we want to talk to you about Under Armour and Dark Sky and um long story short I basically flew out there that week um probably only like three or four days later um met met everyone on the team um Hass and I had never met so like uh, just getting to know him and what he's like as a coach and an agent and, and talking about what um this would potentially look like um and uh yeah, I mean, from the moment I got out here, I, I tried to play cool and, like, I was playing hard to get stuff. But, man, as soon as I got out here, I was like, yeah, this is a done deal. Like, I'm, I, don't, I don't care what you're paying me. I don't care, like, anything. Like, I'm going to – I'm out here. Like, I'm going to make this work. So, nice. um, yeah, essentially went back to Illinois three or four days later, bought a car, made the 20-hour drive to Flagstaff and haven't looked back. So, 
it's been it's been a pretty cool journey. That is pretty sick, and I think it's kind of uh, an example of one of probably the very few times where getting Corona has actually been probably uh, <laughs> one of the luckiest things that could have happened. Because I mean, obviously, you could have still got the message from your coach Stephen Hass. Yeah. It, it could have still happened, but. I mean, if you were on that plane on whenever it was, September the 6th, it's more more than likely you'd now be in Australia, uh, potentially still trying to run. Uh, but obviously, as you and I know, the professional scene down under is not what it's like here. So, Yeah, no, I, it's, yeah, it's crazy to think about all the things that kind of had to fall into place for this to happen. But like I said, I'm super grateful. And um, yeah, I, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing, but stoked to be here so so you finished ncaa outdoor and you had like a three or four month period where you thought your racing career at least professionally was kind of over or you you were going to go back home so what was the plan if you would have went back home were you planning on like racing there and trying to sign a contract perhaps in australia yeah yeah no um i think so i i wanted to keep running like i I'm pretty late to the sport. Like I only started when I was like 16 years old and you probably know that I'm like, I wasn't really, I was never on the scene kind of uh-huh. when we were in high school or anything like that, maybe for like my last like year, year or two, um, yeah. but I picked it up pretty late. And so like, I kind of feel like um, I still have like a bit of developing to do. So I wanted to keep running. I think it was just going to be in a different capacity in that I probably would have had a bit more of a balanced lifestyle back in Australia. Like I would have had, um another another year of school back in australia that i was going to get my education degree um so i got my kinesiology degree over here in the u.s and i was going to um get a teaching degree as well um so i was going to do that um i was going to run i was going to probably work as well and i i guess it would just be a bit more balanced um similar i guess like adam like like that's what most people do in australia is like it's it's a lot more of a balanced um lifestyle and i think yeah um that isn't necessarily what i wanted um obviously i wanted to turn professional and i wanted to give this a go but i think um it was a combination of like i haven't um like i've spent you know the best part of five years away from my family um i've spent like the last like two and a half years like completely away i haven't been to australia since 2019 so i think a lot of it was just like okay like let's like just um kind of recalibrate and like try to like have less of an emphasis on running but like we'll still keep going with it and see where it takes me yeah um but yeah that's yeah that is really good it's definitely great because obviously in australia so many people are great runners and could potentially you know take the next step and run professionally but there's just not the scene for it on australia are you able to get home for christmas or are you staying out here staying out in flagstaff um i'm actually gonna go back to illinois for christmas um yeah. we have like a 10-day break and i think just like it's just not worth it i'm gonna be going home in march for australian championships and i'll probably oh, nice. spend um like four to six weeks at home like just seeing family and like getting my visa stuff sorted so i'll be i'll be home before too long that'll be good <laughs> Yeah, well, let's um, let's take it a step back here and let's talk about how you got to America in the first place. You were how old were you when you came over, and what was that whole process like? Um, how old was I when I came over? I was, I believe, eighteen when I came over. Maybe yeah, eighteen. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I came over. I think the same sort of situation as you, Adam. I came over in the spring semester, so in January. Yeah. Um, and I, you did a lot better at adjusting than I did because I remember coming from, I'd never seen snow before. I remember coming from Australia where it was, you know, ridiculous, you know, summer heat, just like very you just don't hot. have winter. Coming over. Yeah. What's that? Winter in Australia, at least in Queensland, is really yeah. not a thing. I mean, obviously it gets a little bit cold, but like when you get here, you, you realize what a proper winter is and- yeah. yeah no i definitely underestimated it big time so i um i i had a decent i had a decent year that year um but i was uh you know i was just getting sick every couple of weeks with the with the winter and you know i was coming down with strep and just like colds and it was just super hard to like 
stay consistent and get fit. But um, so, yeah, I guess working backwards, though, like, yeah, I went to Illinois State. Um, I, like I said earlier, like I started running pretty late, only when I was like 16 or, um, you know, 15, 16. And so um, when I made the decision that I wanted to come to the US, like I was pretty underdeveloped as an athlete. Like I'd, I'd had a bit of success, but um, I didn't feel like going to a massive program like a, you know, I don't know, Oregon or, or something like that was going to be the best move for me. Um, and so um, not that at that point that was even on the table anyway, but like I didn't <laughs> think that going to a massive program was was going to be like the smartest thing I could do. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I talked to a few coaches and um, Coach Bobby from ISU to seem, it just seemed like a good fit. Um, it seemed like they were going to take care of me, which they did. Um, and yeah, I, I signed and, um, was over in January and, um, no, I loved ISU. I mean, um, small program, definitely not renowned for, um, distance running prowess, but, um, you know, they've had some successful athletes come through, um, like Aisha Portlier has been through ISU, um, and we've had, you know, some all Americans, um, in the distance events and, um, I just felt like it was a good fit for me at the time and it was going to allow me to kind of develop, which I needed time to develop. I needed a few years to kind of hit my straps. And, um, yeah, just like the, the people on the team were fantastic, very accommodating. And, um, it was just, it was just a real family atmosphere. And, um, I think that's important for me. I'm someone who needs like a good environment to be happy in and, and train yeah. well in. So it, it was a good fit. No, definitely. Um, in terms of going over, obviously, you kind of mentioned you got a little bit sick and maybe struggled in terms of, I guess, things like the weather. Um, potentially, what what was kind of one of the biggest things in terms of running that you found was pretty different to what you were doing at home? For me, it's kind of like the mileage. I was always pretty low mileage. And I found that in Australia, everyone's very kind of speed focused. Did you find that as well? You kind of came over underdeveloped as you said um maybe with a bit more of a speed background and then you get thrown into you know running up to i don't know maybe 80 ish miles a week um maybe even more over the winter four months um yeah what what did you find was a big difference yeah that was that was probably one of the biggest things um yeah like with mileage i think um up until that point i was pretty much like I mean, I dipped my toes in the water with the 1500, but um, I was primarily running the 800 at that point. Um, And so, yeah, like my training looked completely different in Australia to how it looked when I first came to the US. And, um, you know, when I got to the US, my my coach basically (laughs) pulled me into his office and he said, you're not an 800 meter runner. I tell you that right now. Um, And, you know, as a young freshman, I'm thinking like, oh, this guy's got no idea what he's talking about, but then... Um, yeah. I realized that I'm 120 pounds and probably don't have the power to run 144 or 143. <laughs> so, um, I guess he was right with that one and it ended up working out pretty well, but, um, yeah. yeah so I guess with him telling me that and like, he's like, you're going to be a 1500 guy. Um, the, the training looked immensely different, like volume, um, was different. We were, you know, it was just, so that, yeah, you're right. That's a big adjustment. The other thing, and it, it sounds pretty obvious, but just like never running an indoor race before. Yeah. Like that was like getting, getting to the U S and a week later, like, okay, you're running an indoor race on a 200 meter flat track. I'm like, oh, yeah, not for me, well. but yeah. Horrible. yeah. I, I can, I can really relate to you there on the thinking you're an 800 runner coach coming and saying, <laughs> no, you're not that. Yeah. I, I came here thinking I was like 800, 1500. And my coach is like, no, you're a 5k guy. Yeah. Jay's always yeah. on that. Look, I mean, he still thinks I'm a 5k yeah, guy. Yeah. 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 I think he might be a 15 guy now. Wow. We'll see you tomorrow, guys. Yeah. I think hopefully, hopefully by this point, I've proved him a little bit wrong, but <laughs> I, mean, I think we'll so. See. I think you, I don't know. You ran pretty well in cross. That might not do you any favors. Yeah, I know. yeah. might have to like purposely start doing bad in the longer. Yeah, time. you will <laughs> never run well in cross again. But no, that is so true. Like Jay, the whole time has said, "I'm a 5k guy," which I, I kind of can see. I think you might be. Yeah. Uh, actually- Unfortunately, <laughs> I I do have to agree. Now, when I first came over, I 1500 through and through, and yep. yeah, Baston. 
800. I mean, you'd run a filthy 400 if you had to. Yeah. Like, but, but but I'm also 130 pounds. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Give JSA and he'll have you running the 10K. Like, yeah. yeah. But um, so quick question. You came here, was it 2017, 2018? Did you come over? Uh 2017, uh, beginning of 2017. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So from 2017, you came over. Your first time qualifying for nationals is 2019, correct? Yeah. Um, 2019 indoor or was that outdoor? Uh, that was the outdoor. So was yeah. that when you made your biggest jump? And then like, what was that transition like? Was it like you finally got used to the mileage? You finally used to like just being in America in general? Or like, did something click for you in particular? Or like what went down there? Um, yeah, I think, well, I think for me, um, like knock on wood, I've been very lucky to stay healthy for like a long period of time. I've never had um, like a serious injury. So I think that helps in terms of developing like long-term, right? So um, I think 2019 was the year um, that everything clicked. But like up until that point, um, you know, there were just little breakthroughs along the way that kind of made everything in 2019 like seem not so impossible if you know what I mean so like um like if you go and look at like my PRs or my season bests every year um like it's been a pretty consistent like taking chunks off of PRs every year as opposed to one massive breakthrough so I think like um like coming over here I ran like 348 my first year I ran 346 I then ran 343 um, and then like ran 340 in 2019. And so like, um, that's a pretty linear progression. And then this year ran 339. So it's been a pretty, um, a pretty consistent build. Um, and then, yeah, like, so 2019 was just the year that, um, I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say everything clicked. I just got to the level where I knew I could be at, um, broke four minutes in a mile that indoor season. Um, made it through the rounds at regionals and then made the final at NCAAs and kicked to a seventh place. And, um, yeah, I just feel like that was kind of the culmination of um, not just a big year that year, but just kind of just building consistently up until that point. Yeah, definitely. And um, on the topic of kind of breaking the four-minute mile barrier, um, so that year, obviously, I think, I think it was in February, Iowa State Classic, um at Iowa State where we're heading tomorrow Baston season yeah. opener me on pacing duties uh how far are you going you're out of curiosity poor uh, as far as I can and I, <laughs> I I've been sick recently I haven't done a lot of kind of mile pace stuff uh if I get to a K I'll be pretty happy I'll go as yeah. far as I can if I'm feeling good at a K I'll I'll go 12 if I feel good there I'll go well, I'll, I'll try and go as far as I can. Uh, if that's 800, it's 800. If it's the mile, then it's the mile. So who knows? We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, kind of what, what was that like uh, going in? Obviously, you broke four, school record. No one at Illinois State had broken four before. Um, we actually... We actually had the 2002 mile NCAA champ, Christian Kawhi. So he'd broken, he'd broken four a few times, oh. but... Uh, yeah wow so, was it a school record then or no i missed oh. out i actually i so this year when we raced i was staying i ran 358 that would have been school record but i was unattached yeah. obviously unattached. so uh-huh. um no, wow. he ran 359 low when yeah. he won ncaa's um, wow okay so. someone didn't do his research <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh i just assumed it had to be i mean wow okay anyway uh no it's a don't it's a very random stat that someone yeah. lies <laughs> all right all right Here's my research. When you first broke four, <laughs> you ran 359.66. There you go. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yes. I didn't even have to look that up. The number just sticks Were in my head. No, no, I wasn't there. I, I was uh, no, still then. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what? How, how far off qualifying for indoor nationals were you then? And did that kind of, obviously you kind of talked about your progression uh, and that you just kind of progressed pretty consistently. But um. Did breaking four really kind of in your mind give you the confidence that you just miss out indoor? You want to really be be making a push for making the national final in the fifteen hundred outdoor? Yeah, um, I think I was two spots off. It, like I think three fifty nine, like four or three got in that year. So obviously, like a little bit frustrating. Um, but so the year before at regionals in twenty eighteen, I was the first guy out. 
<laughs> which makes this year even even tougher because I was the second guy out or something. But uh, so I was the first guy out, and then so to miss indoors again by what two spots or something like it was frustrating because I felt like I was at that level where like similar to you this year when you got fourth like um you ran a pretty similar time to that right three yeah. what did you run 359 oh three yeah oh right. in, in the race with you yeah yeah exactly so like I think and, and so you probably didn't think you were going with that but it's frustrating because you know you're at that level and like you 100%. proved it, you got fourth. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of getting there. And so like it was just it was a little bit frustrating. But I think something I've always been pretty good at is just being patient. Like I think um once you get to that level, it's only a matter of time until like you know it clicks um on the day and you get in. And thankfully, um thankfully it clicked um at outdoor regionals i was I, I got in off time embarrassingly enough but uh, uh I, I i think i ran like 341 that day and yeah got in fairly comfortably um and so like that was just a huge relief um to get in there and then um i don't know at, in at nationals i like you you guys can probably speak to this like um like especially isaac like you're probably just like stoked to be there and then you make the final and you're like shit like i can like i'm on here and then you know it's yeah it's it's a pretty surreal feeling um and then yeah i guess the rest is history yeah yeah it kind of just feels like it's a bunch of guys that you know you've looked up to and that are all like you're like oh this guy's better than me this guy's better than me you're looking at the heat sheets and you're like everybody here is better than me these are all people that like yeah and watching the results of that have all beat me and like you just kind of think all right well i'm just gonna sit in the back and hope that kick yeah. my way up see what happens like yeah. that's you and i everything. feel like i feel like we had the exact same experience i was literally last of the bell in my premium ncaa's yep. i've got people like uh, like ryan adams who's now pro from the zuno and atlanta track club like who else was there will lead was there mm -hmm. he's with brooks now george was there and all these guys like i'm like what what am i doing like no one knows who i am <laughs> that, yeah that was the year um yard won it wasn't it the really close was, finish. Yeah. yeah. Justin. Yeah. yeah. Justin just got nipped at the line. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's funny. It seems like, like, well, Jack and I like at least, at least watching Jack's races, we have a very similar like race strategy. We kind of just rely on our speed in the last like 200 kicks, like fogs a little <laughs> bit different. different, but I can't afford to do that. Yeah. But I mean, you're <laughs> becoming that slowly. Like you're every day you're able to rely on your kick more and more and more. So yeah, that's it's getting something that. that's fun, but. Okay, so 2019, you have your huge breakout. 2020, COVID hits. Nothing really happens for any of us. 20, 2021, you make regionals. That regional final was absolutely insane. God. Yeah, you can <laughs> say that again. There's a pretty cute picture of us three on the start line, I think. Yeah, there is, yeah. yeah. Having, a, having a giggle about something. Yeah, God. Yeah. It's funny how I, I can't believe that picture because in the moment, I... I honestly, I don't know if I've ever been more nervous. And in in, no, the moment, in that picture, I don't even I, I don't even remember like if I'm being honest, I don't even remember talking to you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I don't know. Someone's photoshopped that picture or something. But yeah, I, I remember. Um, I remember why we were laughing, and it was because I was making fun of the fact that I finished tenth place in the Missouri Valley Conference five. Oh, did they announce it or the? <laughs> Yeah, well, they were, well, they were like, um, you know, like Missouri Valley Conference champion indoors, and I was like, well, also tenth outdoors. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They really, they really needed to do you a solid there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's tough. But um, <laughs> in terms of COVID, were you? Oh, you just mentioned before you didn't go back to a, you haven't been back to Australia since 2019. What um, what was kind of your mindset going through that? Did you know straight away you were going to stay in America the whole time? Uh. What, were you meant to finish up at college and then you stayed on for the extra year or what, yeah. what kind of happened? Um, it was a mess, man. Like, <laughs> gosh, I feel like everyone has a COVID story, but um, yeah. I, it was weird because I think it like, yeah. So to answer your question, I was meant to have, so we had the indoor season that we essentially got through except for NCAAs. And then um, I had that outdoor season and then I had like a fall cross country, which I wasn't even sure at that point. I was I was probably not going to take it, so it was going to be um, it was going to be my last year. So, and, but it was strange because that indoor season, like 
like coming off of 2019, like I was like, I was running well. And, um, but for whatever reason, like that indoor season, like things just didn't click. Like I, did, I ran like 359, but like I was kind of hoping coming off of 2019 that, you know, I could run a lot faster than that and like things just didn't click. And I think I was heading into the right direction that outdoor season, but I think it might have been a blessing in disguise that like it just, it just allowed me to get another full year of developing and um, staying healthy and good training. Um, but no, COVID was a mess. I remember... Um, I remember all the Aussies as COVID hit, they're like, you know, I'm getting out of here. I, I think you went straight home. Didn't you? Straight home. We were in Boulder on spring break. And I remember that. Yeah. I, remember I was that. like, uh, literally while we were there, we were meant to be there a week. We stayed three nights and I flew home on like the, the fifth day of our Boulder trip. I flew back to Australia. So yeah, mad how it happened. It's mad. But yeah, so everyone was leaving and I was like, I mean, at the time I had a girlfriend who we'd been together for like two years and I was like, I just wasn't prepared to like leave and, and not like who, like who knew when we were going to be able to get back. And stuff. Yeah. So I was like, just wasn't prepared to leave. And, um, and then like, like I said, like that was meant to be my last semester. So I was like worried with like visa stuff and like, you know, if I, what if I'm home for a year and my visa runs out, I'm going to have dramas getting back mostly um like academically i was like i'm in my last semester i don't want to like not get this degree um, yeah yeah and so yeah uh, i ended up working out they let me i picked up about 17 minors and got got to come back for another year so <laughs> <laughs> worked out worked out so on to this season you are running with dark sky like you mentioned before what are you doing right now what are you training for just what's life right now going like yeah um well, I guess like this last month has just been like um, getting adjusted to training at altitude, which um, I don't want to say it's something I underestimated, but it's a completely different style of training to what I'm used to. I've never done, I've done stints, I've done one stint at altitude before in flag. Um, but being up here for extended periods of time is, um, is really different. Um, and you've got to be really careful um, with how you train and, so I think this last month has just been about adjusting to that and getting used to um, not only having like the altitude, but having a new coach, being, you know, having a new team, having, you know, like new shoes, as silly as that sounds, like, you know, like I've never ran in Under Armour before. So like it's just about like getting used to all these new um, things that have been introduced and um, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. And then um, indoor season, um the plan is to run probably like three times indoor. Um, the goal is to get the world indoor standard. I'm going to run um, likely a 3K and then a couple of 1500s. I think the standards are um, 750 flat and 339 flat. So I feel like that's well within um, yeah. my, my range. So hopefully um, pick up one of those. And then um, I think world indoors is in Serbia. Don't quote me on I that. Think, but- I think you're right. Belgrade I think I was actually having a look at that because like the the standards seem a lot more achievable than they do outdoor and I also feel like people are generally less interested in going especially given that the outdoor world champs are coming up in Eugene so definitely an achievable one uh yeah and like being so like it's a huge year with it's like Commonwealth Games world champs and then like um being Australian, like the world indoor champs back up pretty close to the Australian championships, which a lot of people will kind of want to, um, you know, put all their eggs in that basket. So, um, I think, you know, if I can run the standard, like there's a good chance that, um, I'll get a chance to go. And so, um, just trying to put everything in place to try and be ready for that. Yeah, no, that definitely sounds like a good plan. Um, in terms of Under Armour, obviously you mentioned you've never kind of run in their shoes before. Obviously, great brand, pretty well known now. They've kind of come up pretty well over the last couple of years, I think, especially. Um, they do they do sponsor a couple of big schools, obviously Wisconsin, I think Notre Dame as well, I yeah. think. Um, how have you found that adjustment? What What's kind of been your favorite piece of gear to run in and how, how's that all been going? Yeah, um, no, like I'm so stoked. Um, with Under Armour, I mean, um, I think like when you want to turn professional, like the biggest thing you want is you want a company 
that is going to invest in their athletes and wants to invest in their athletes. And so like, yeah. um, that was kind of my, my concern when, when wanting to turn pro and like, as soon as I flew out here on my visit and since I've been in flag, like living here, it's been so clear that like Under Armour wants to invest in their athletes. Like they've just started a group out in Baltimore, um, which I think we were talking about just off camera before. They've obviously got Dark Sky, which they've got some world-class athletes like Winnie Kaladi and um, gosh, like there's so many, so many amazing athletes here. And um, even since I've been up here, like there's been like shoe tech people that have like flown to flag from wherever their base is in the US and like, um, you know, given us like shoe products to try, like prototypes and like they want feedback from the athletes. So I think that's just like a great example of them wanting to like invest in their athletes and they value their athletes. And so like, um, no, I just think it's a super good situation. And um, I'm very lucky to have a company supporting me that's like willing to willing to go be, uh, above and beyond and, and they want to support me with whatever I want to do. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, in terms of the products, I mean, like I've been super impressed with the shoes. Um, I can't say too much, but I've been testing some spikes that um, are going to be hopefully released early next year. And, um, you know, they, they've definitely been on par, if not better with anything else I've worn before. So I'm super stoked. Wow. That is huge. Awesome. So you're going to be testing the new spikes in Boston for the first time in a couple of months from now. Um, what kind of like, so what are you in more of a base phase of training right now? What kind of workouts are you doing? What's your mileage like? Like, yeah. What's yeah. Yeah. It's, um, that's been another adjustment actually. Like I feel <laughs> like similar to you guys right now. So like Isaac, you're obviously like ripping a mile tomorrow, like trying to go under four. I feel like at this time of the year, like December, January, February, like in college, like we were ripping all the time. Like, you know, you were like pretty ready to go. Um, and like, that's just not how it is as a pro. Like you've got to be like a lot more careful this time of the year because like the season just goes so much longer than the college season does. Like yeah. at, you know, the NCAA season would be done in June. Um, and then as a pro, like you've got to be able to go all the way through August into September. Um, and so uh, this time of year right now is, is definitely a base phase. Um, we're starting to touch on a little bit of track work. Obviously, we're going to do an indoor season, so we've got to be ready for that. Um, so we're starting to touch a little bit of speed and stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm – definitely in base phase right now i've been like probably averaging like 80 to uh 85 90 miles a week um up here at elevation which is certainly different to doing that at sea level <laughs> yeah. um, and the workouts have been you know a lot of threshold um a lot of hills um fartleks and stuff like that we just did a fartlek today i think i saw um, that on strava yeah yeah so um <laughs> We were actually meant to do hills, but it's we got a lot of snow overnight. So luckily, um, we got to go down to a lower uh, lower elevation where it wasn't snowing or anything. So we just did a fire lick instead, and nice. it's just it's just been a lot of like solid work, nothing like crazy or anything like that. But I feel like um, if you can if you can put like two months of that together, like you're going to be in a good spot. So yeah, in terms of uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit before, I guess, but in terms of like your actual living situation um have you moved into an apartment your own apartment you got uh housemates who are on the team or are you with random people How, how's that all kind of been uh for you? um yeah no so um the first month i was here um another good example of like under armor being like super accommodating i stayed with uh matt yana i don't know if you know who that is he's a professional marathoner with dark sky um i think he's yeah. ran like 210 211 all oh, right okay well yeah um so he just like yeah took me in under armor paid the rent for a month um they have a super nice place and like was super accommodating stayed there for a month and then last week i just moved into my apartment which is where i am right now um and i'm living with casey knievelbard if you know who that is yeah he just signed as well Florida he just State. ran 13 13 24 last week in boston so Saw that. yeah um so he's off to a hot start and um yeah. yeah we've been living together for a week now up to mischief so <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> stuff yeah so what do you um i think a lot of people are just curious because like not a lot of people get to experience like the life of a professional athlete like what do you do outside of training are you just like playing xbox or like <laughs> um 
it, okay, like this is, I was actually talking about this with House the other day or when I was on my visit, but uh, like I feel like so many people think um, that like being a pro is just like sitting on your backside all day and like doing nothing. But like I swear to God, I've been busier like in this last month than I've been like I, I worked a full-time job when I was in Illinois, like full-time, like some days I work like eight to five. And I've been busier, like, since I've been up here. So, like, a typical day, like, you know, you're running you're running twice a day on the workout days. Like today, for example, we went down to Camp Verde, which is, like, 3,000 feet elevation. Flagstaff is at 7,000 feet. Yeah. So we go down there to do, like, workouts that are a little bit more, like, high quality, I guess. Um, but it's an hour drive down there. You're probably there for the best part of three hours doing, like, warm-up, cool-down session um you can cut that out yeah Uh, and then you make the drive back up so if you get down there at nine o'clock like you're not getting back up until like one o'clock in the afternoon you know my roommate right now like we got back he's at a massage casey um that probably takes 90 minutes you know you got a lift you got a double you gotta like there's just so many things yeah. yeah, there's like, and it's just, I think a lot of like one percenters, like, I don't know, I was always pretty lazy in college with getting like treatment and stuff with the trainers and like, <laughs> yeah. now like I was really lazy, <laughs> but like, are you guys lazy with that? Oh, oh. unbelievably. Yeah. yeah I, yeah. I will not get I, there unless something is hurting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Me too. I, I, I couldn't tell you what our athletic training looked like. Like, I, <laughs> um, we normatech like, we normatech from time to time we're all right with yeah, that twice a month maybe yeah yeah <laughs> when a race is coming up we'll get in the boots uh <laughs> but yeah no generally more rehab than prehab unfortunately um yeah. we're, we're learning like now now that it's my job yeah. i just feel so guilty if i'm not doing stuff i'm like if i'm sitting on like if i'm sitting in bed watching netflix or something i'm like i should probably do something so yeah like um we're lucky enough to have like really good um medical staff and like massage therapists who take care of us so yeah. um i'm always trying to get in there because like i've like i said i've always been really lucky with injuries and stuff but like god forbid you just sign and then get hurt so I've, I've been trying to really stay on top of that stuff and um so yeah no to answer your question the days are pretty busy yeah and i bet as well i mean you're going to be busy all the time obviously by the sounds of things but um especially given your current situation you know you've just moved into a new apartment you've just signed your contract um you a couple months ago thought you were going to be going home to australia you've got visa stuff going on uh i can understand that you are probably pretty busy um but hopefully hopefully things will settle down you'll settle in and kind of adjust pretty nicely getting ready for you mentioned 3k first up end of january in boston yes i think that's it's it's nothing set in stone yet but i believe the 3k um end of january and then we'll um um, a couple of 1500s or a 1500 in a mile. Like it hasn't been sorted out too yet, too much yet, but through the month of February. Um, yeah. So very nice. Yeah. Hopefully we get, hopefully we get on one with you. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Match for us three. It'd be super fun. One day. Yeah. We <laughs> I hear Boston. I hear Boston's a short track. So yeah. Same with that Arkansas one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're all we'll have to see what we get in our watches yeah yeah <laughs> stop when the watch hits a mile it's it's only fair um yeah no that's cool though and uh obviously it would be cool to one day line up together again obviously going through the same conference at uh college level we we've had a few uh races together and hopefully one day in the future we'll we'll get to line up together again maybe in serbia who knows maybe no it's uh i always i don't i don't think i've ever mentioned this to you but i always found it so ironic that like um i don't know how to sound like say this without sounding like a like idiot but uh i've always found it so like so ironic that like we're both from queensland and like until you came to the nbc like it's not the strongest conference and then i just <laughs> yeah. i just i just found it so funny and then like you of all people are like always like the most competitive guy that you know i was going up against until isaac obviously like got really good um so i just i've always found that very funny it is it is because for any of the people who are watching or listening uh me and jack probably from you grew up in swimber yeah about um i actually grew up in alice springs i mean you know where that is yeah what (laughs) no yeah 
No wonder, no wonder I didn't run until I was 16. I grew up in Alice Springs. So well, I, uh, catching kangaroos, climbing as rock. Wow. Yeah, what's, yeah. what's there? But then, yeah, I, I was in Toowoomba and when I, like, through high school. Okay. So for anyone watching who doesn't kind of understand Australian geography. Um, <laughs> Throw Toowoomba. the map up on the screen. Toowoomba, I always kind of thought was, you know, in Toowoomba, you're a little bit out in the sticks, you know, obviously not, not exactly, but you're, you're not on the coast where most people in Australia kind of live. Alice Springs takes that to a whole new level. Uh, Jack, Jack grew up pretty much in the outside. It's the most central, it's the most central town in Australia. Yeah. How many people live there? Not many. Like, I don't know. Less than a thousand. Probably none. None now, Jack Scott. Yeah, 20,000. And, and most of them, uh, I'm not going to say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Yeah. No, yeah. but it's a very small town. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a grim upbringing, but it got a bit better once we moved to Queensland. So You're one of the great success stories to come out of Alice Springs. You uh, ran. I don't know how many there are, mate. I don't know how many there are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah first first uh time for everything i guess no that's that's great though but um yeah touching back on the conference thing uh obviously we grew up well when you when you're in Swimba, you're about an hour and a half from where i was in brisbane um we both come over to i don't know how many conferences there are in in america in d1 but there's quite a few uh we both end up at i guess mid-major kind of programs nothing huge yeah. but like you know, a little bit of history at both uh, Drake and Illinois State. And we end up getting to race each other plenty of times at conference meets. And honestly, be- before I came, like you were saying, you would have been absolute like class of the conference, like pretty, pretty comfortable winning a lot of things. And then another Australian comes in and it like adds to it, I guess. So Yeah, no, it was, uh yeah. No, you you had my measure more than I had yours, that's for sure. But oh. it was always good fun. You're the pro. You're the I pro. Think, I think we can all look back and say that we've, since we've gone and since you've left, we've made the conference significantly better than it was before we got. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Great. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it stung a little bit to see you guys on my hunter just doing twelves <laughs> and stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, like I, yeah, I thought the lads had a chance that day, but you you boys just like. That was that was really impressive. Like to win, I don't know what was the gap, like thirty seconds plus. Um, Back to and then it was more, yeah, more of your guys. Um, yeah. So I like, yeah, that was really impressive, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys will go to a new level indoors. Yeah, no, good stuff. I think honestly, I think we've probably covered uh, most stuff. I guess the only other thing uh, would be kind of after indoor, obviously moving on to outdoor. Um, you've run a 755 3k now you're trying to run under 750 to probably get the world standard in maybe that and the 1500 as well uh if you can run a 750 3k you can probably run a pretty handy 5k what's kind of going to be the aim going into outdoor are you going to be 15.5 just 15 maybe just five? Oh, the dreaded question <laughs> yeah oh, what's what's your thoughts on make, that i'll make sure my coach doesn't hear that but uh um no, I think that I think that for right now, like the fifteen hundred, I'm I still have a lot of developing to do. So I think that is probably where I'll spend um, like this calendar year focusing on. But um, at the same time, like a part of the reason I think this is a really good setup for me is like, and I think you guys will probably agree, is like, um, like. I'm definitely coming from more of a speed background. Um, and um, I think like, I guess like being aerobically strong is probably the one thing that is my weakness. Um, and so I think like coming up to like flag and living at 7,000 feet, training at 7,000 feet, like I think like that's almost the way I see it, like the missing piece of the puzzle. Um, and so, cause I'm like really confident in my speed and like, I've been getting like incrementally stronger each year that goes by. And I think that, um, like living up here and training, um, at 7,000 feet, like will hopefully just give me the strength I need to be competitive in those longer events. Um, I, the 5k is just so like un, uncharted waters for me. Like, I just yeah. don't know. Like I, I, it seems possible. It seems like I could run quick and then other days I see people run like 
yeah. under 13, 10, and I'm just like, there's just no way. It seems like when you, like you guys can attest to this, it seems like when you're like under 340, it seems like you're so much closer to being like elite at um, like the 1500, whereas like in the 5K, like you can run 1340 and be not even in the conversation to be yeah. remotely like good. Like, yeah. you know, you've got to be, you've got to be a lot better. So um, I think at this point I'm, I'm, I'm a lot closer to 15. So. Yeah. It's like a cross country as well. I think you always get found out if you're not like in a 1500, if you have a great day and someone, someone who's clearly meant to be better than you doesn't have a great day you can get lucky and you can beat them in a 5k a 10k cross country generally the fitter you are like the the generally the best man wins um so you can't fake it you can't fake it exactly yeah and when when you're under 340 for the 1500 you are you really are so close you're knocking right on the door of being in the conversation of being right world class essentially um whereas if you if you run a 1345k you can run a very quick 5k but if it's quick at a big meet you're not going to be anywhere yeah. near the front yeah it's almost like you're when when you're at nationals in the 1500 there's 15 20 guys 24 guys really yeah. that can all run 339 to like 336 and they're all just like in that range but when you're in the 5k it's you have like three guys that are 1320 <laughs> yeah. and the rest of the field's at 1340. And you're like, well, no matter how good I run, I'm not going to beat these people that are running 1320. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, yeah. Exactly. Nah. All right. One final thing I wanted to ask if uh, you could recommend to anyone from a hobby jogger to <laughs> the next professional runner, uh, your favorite easy day jogging shoe. What, what's been now, now you've moved to Under Armour, um, Honestly, I don't know the brand too well. We're obviously not an Under Armour school here at Drake. Um, what What's kind of your favorite easy day jogging shoe that, you know, your ho- hobby jogger, your couple of times a week runner could get into, probably love, feel good running in and uh, maybe maybe get rolling in a little bit if they had to. Okay. Um, I've just picked up this puppy. This oh. is, um, this is actually, I've been running like, I've been running sessions in this. Um, okay, well, so we've been we have these like um, I'm not sure how much I should. So yeah. uh, we have these new flats that are very that are very very good. Um, people have been wearing them this fall on the roads and doing super well. I think Winnie Kaladi, <laughs> she ran like it's called Manchester Road Race. It's like a weird distance, like four point seven miles. She ran these flats. She in these flats. She ran like through 5k like 14.55 or something like just absolutely rolling wow. like probably would have like she would have scalped me for sure um anyway so <laughs> everyone's everyone's been running in those for workouts um and i they just don't have my size for whatever uh, mm-hmm. reason so i've been running like legitimately like almost a hundred percent of my mileage in these wow. um they're called the um so okay so the way under armor works is um they have like a bunch of different foams. So they have a, a, a foam called like hover, um, like H O V R, which is like, basically they put all that foam on like their easy running shoes. Um, yeah. so, um, and then they have what's called a flow foam, which they put on their flats and stuff. Um, so it's are two foams. Um, but this one's called the hover infinite. And this shoe is like, honestly, like one of my favorite shoes ever. Um, it wow. is, um, if I had to compare it to like, any other shoe it's kind of like a like a nike structure or a nike peg like it's pretty like stable yeah. um it's actually got like a decent stack height which is like kind of weird but i'm really good. into it um yeah. yeah definitely it's got good looks to it it's uh, it does yeah i was gonna you say run, like probably get away yeah i've done like i've done like six mile tempos harlex heels long runs in this like it's super versatile um yeah, yeah i love it so uh, on that hover infinite yeah get it it, uh, hover infinite Infinite. i'll keep it in mind everyone knows the best men wear pink as well yeah no it does actually look pretty good honestly sweet yeah you can probably get away with wearing that casually as well to be honest add it to your shoe collection baston this guy's a shoe collector big fan of your shoes yeah but honestly i think that pretty much wraps it up um you got anything to add baston no not really (laughs) um brilliant yeah who are you training with out there? Like, what are you, who are your teammates? 
Um, we just like signed like a like bunch of people. So I'm living with Casey um, and training with him. He just ran 1324. He's a 338 guy, 358 um, in the mile. So I'm training with him. He's pretty fit right now. Um, who else am I training with? Um, Diego Zarate. Do you know who that is? Oh, we do. He, I have a picture of him. <laughs> like a family he's a picture he's, oh, a, he's really funny. like a, he's a really racing funny. picture yeah yeah he's a he's he's a great athlete super like honestly oh, probably one of the most talented guys like i've ever seen like he yeah he can just turn it on whenever he wants um yeah and so i've been training with him um and then uh who else um uh fits he was there's like a virginia tech pipeline here i don't know what's going on but like yeah we have um he's a steeplechaser he's ran like 828 went to the olympic trials this year been doing a lot of work with him um and then uh brandon doherty he's like also an 828 guy in the steeple 829 maybe he's ran 747 and 3k so um there is always always people to train with always people to get dragged by so it's good scene yeah Unreal. Um, I just, can relate to the steeple thing. Just wanted to add that. <laughs> done it in practice a few times. An thought, excellent hurdler. He thought he was going to have to become a steepler <laughs> last year, but then he ran 3.43 at Drake Relays and that all took a turn uh, for the worse. I, I took some bad falls in practice. And yeah, we, steeple career ended before it began. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can ever do it, man. I don't think yeah. I can ever do it. I ran a couple back in Australia, actually. Right. Um, we won't keep you too long. Plug plug your Instagram before we go. And your Strava. You're on Strava. Most things go on there. Uh, everything goes on there, yeah. Perfect. Strava. Uh, Instagram uh, is Jack Anderson. Instagram is... Um, I, I, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, I think, is just... It's Jack Anski, just all lowercase. Yeah. Jack Anski, just all lowercase. A-N-S-T-E-Y. Perfect. Nice. Give him a follow. Yeah. Strava. Strava's just Jack Anstey. Perfect. Cool. Sweet. Um, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to speak to us. I know you're pretty busy right now with everything that's going on. Uh, congratulations again on signing for Under Armour and all the best going no, forward. Appreciate you, having me. appreciate you having me, boys. Good luck tomorrow, mate. Yeah, thank I'll you. Be watching. Good luck this season. We'll be looking at the results for sure. Brilliant. Perfect. Thanks for having me, boys. No problem. Thank you, Jack.